It's official. Thanksgiving is over. We all weigh 100 pounds more, and you may officially put your Christmas tree up now. I know some of you guys have done that weeks before and messed up the whole Christmas season, but it is all right now. Um, you may be seated. In that vein, we, we, we did put our Christmas tree up Thanksgiving night, as all good Christians would do. Um, and like many of you, um, our tree is, is fitted with all kind of different various ornaments. Um, we don't have, as much as I would love to have, a black and white Christmas tree. It's systematic. We, like many of you guys, we've just got completely random tree. And so the other night, um, all the kids were, were putting up their ornaments. Each, each ornament, a crazy individual reminder of something in the past, didn't it? As you put those things up. And, and so watching them put up memories of our kids themselves, uh, memories of trips that we've gone on, um, memories of Bible series that we've gone through as a church. I mean, 20, we've gone through 20 books of the Bible now. Um, and I'm sure many of you were putting up your ornaments, reminiscing of different books that we've studied together. Uh, we've got one ornament that I don't put up until right about Christmas because I'm afraid the cat's going to jump in the tree and knock it off. It's an ornament of, um, from my grandmother. It's, it's all I've got left. Um, and it's, so there's that one ornament. It's a great reminder. Um, each ornament a reason to hope. Each ornament a reason to smile. Many ornaments are reason to laugh, especially the ones that um, they made with hot glue and popsicle sticks and reindeer ears and then their handwriting on the back, you know. Each one a, a, a personal gift. Did y'all experience that as you were putting up your... Many of you guys did. It's, it's just such a great thing. And, it, and it, each ornament touched me in a way, personally, that it just wouldn't touch you. In the same way that if I went in your house and looked at your tree, I wouldn't get it. Each individual specific. I say all that to say this. Before Christ came to earth, God started hanging ornaments on a Christmas tree. He started, we've got trees here, and what you're going to see over the next four weeks is this whole room is going to develop into something different. And he started hanging things on the tree, proverbially, that would mean something to us personally and specifically. Each different one, each different ornament that God would hang would give us a different reason to hope. Each different ornament that he, hang, uh, that he hung would give us a, a different reason to smile. Each and every ornament that he would hang would be a personal name of the Christ to come. That's what God's ornaments were fitted with. Names. And in the Bible, there's hundreds of names of God. And so, like ornaments, every name is unique. Your name's unique. My name's unique. They're all unique to, to you. Um, at birth announcements these days, mostly on social media, uh, but before that, you know, you would have the, the birth certificate. On that, we're given one name... To designate who we are, right? Each specific, just like those ornaments. 
And in those designations, some of your names are historic, right? They, they track from the past. We got an Eber in here, right? <laughs> um, and so it's juniors and seniors and some historic. Um, some names these days are hip and modern. Um, in our cultural south, it's the Sarah Beths and the Allie Cates and the whatevers. Um, we've got a friend whose name is Blaze, and some are hip and modern. Some names are humorous, like Tim with a B. If you know, you know. If you don't know, come follow me. Come ask me afterwards. Some names are humorous. Um, but the difference is none of the names given, even though they designate who we are, none of them given describe what you'll do, right? So your name given at your announcement or your certificate doesn't say, he's Eric, he will be a wonderful artist. It's just, he's Eric, right? Um, The names given doesn't say, she'll be an engineer, um, the names given doesn't say uh, they'll be tag team wrestlers on WWE. The, the names given doesn't say he'll end up in prison, right? They just designate who you are, not what you'll do. But as God began to hang ornaments before Christ came, giving various names, hundreds again of them, they weren't to designate who he would be, but to, to describe what he would do. That's what's unique about these names. And so, he's given these hundreds of names. We're going to track through them all the way to December the 19th. And this Christmas season, we've done that on purpose. We want to set in motion a plan so that you'll think about these names for the next four weeks before we jump into our series through Genesis. Whoop, whoop. Um, We want you to get to the end of the Christmas season having thought intentionally about something specific. We want you to think on these names and we want you to think about the things that Christ would accomplish. Is he the fulfillment of these prophecies? And so that you can get to the end of the season and go, man, this this 2021 season was just different. Like it spoke to me personally. That's what we want. We want this Christmas season to speak to you specifically in maybe, if God is gracious, maybe just one of the names that will hit of the hundreds that we're going to cover. Does that make sense? So God began hanging these ornaments, and, and so we're going to look at them. With that said, we're going to stand together. And we, we, we don't get to do this always, but man, when we do, I love it. I want you to stand together and let's read our focal text together out loud for the next three weeks. It's really short, but in honor of God's word, let's read this together. For to us a child is born, to us a son is given, and the government shall be upon his shoulders, and his name shall be called, hold on, his name shall be called, notice what's not up there, Jesus. There's no designation he just now starts describing. Now let's continue together. His name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. You may be seated. So again, we want this theme to just resonate with you. We want you to see how every name given brings a hope. 
Every name given brings a smile to your face. And every name giving points to something that you can identify with in the Lord in your life. So with all that said, what's in a name? What is in a name? What's in the name specifically? Wonderful Counselor. That's all we're going to hit today. And now I just got you nervous because you just said, Troy, you said there's hundreds of names. And we're going to hit one today. How on earth it'll make sense as we go along, especially December 19th. Tyler has mentioned it to you. I've mentioned it to you. We can't emphasize how much you need to be here December 19th. Well, let's hit Wonderful Counselor. Two words. Wonderful Counselor. (laughs) Troy, I I get that. Let's just look at those names together. Number one, Wonderful, um, which is great news for those who need joy beyond earth. And maybe you say, hey, earth is not full of joy. Well, that's the promise. As God hung the first ornament, he said, listen, the one coming will be wonderful. He'll be great news way beyond what you experience on earth. To describe what wonderful means, I think we need to start with what wonderful in the Bible does not mean. What wonderful in the Bible does not mean is a state of attractiveness. Or something that draws you to it. Um, We use the word wonderful all the time. For the love of all that is holy, we have pistachios named wonderful pistachios. And I ain't going to lie to you, they're pretty daggum good. (laughs) They are indeed wonderful. So we slap the word wonderful on peanuts. Well, how can we understand what God's saying if our understanding of the word wonderful has to do with, with peanuts? That's not what the word means. Um, we'll, we'll sing the song Silent Night this year at our church. We're going to do it. Uh, last year when we did it during the communion service, you guys remember we lit the candles way too early. Some of y'all are still sitting on wax because these suckers dripped for about an hour. We'll probably sing the song Silent Night. But when you think about the birth, you shouldn't think about the birth in wonderful terms like it was just perfect and pristine. It was a silent night. Dear friend... It was not a silent night. It's a great song, but it was a chaotic night just like any other birth would be. There was nothing silent about it. Babies screaming are loud enough. Stick a baby screaming inside of a cave, and that's a whole other level of loudness. Stick a baby screaming inside of a cave with a donkey licking its face and other animals mooing and whatever, and it's a crazy, chaotic night. So when Christ is called the one to come, you'll know him in the fact that he's wonderful. It doesn't mean that he was attractive. He still had a warped head just like the rest of you when you came out your mother's womb, okay? His shoulders were still undeveloped. As a matter of fact... We go on in Scripture and we find out that in Isaiah 53, what does Isaiah 53 say? There was nothing about him attractive that would draw you to him. So when we think about the word wonderful counselor, it doesn't mean that as Christ's name was hung on the the tree as, boom, you'll know him that he's wonderful, that he was just pretty. That's not what this word means. What wonderful does mean is that he'll be something miraculous. Something mind-boggling. Something wonderful, full of wonder. Right? Not like, ooh, pretty, but more like, whoa, what is that? And so the question is, did Christ fit that category? 
Did he fit the full of wonder, mind-boggling, that doesn't make sense category? Did he, did he fit that? And I think, dear friend, that we can look at Jesus and go, wow, he nailed that ornament. <laughs> he nailed being wonderful. Meaning that we can no more fully understand him than we can understand this little animal I discovered this week called a tardigrade. Now, I'm sure I'm pronouncing it wrong in my southern drawl, tardigrade, right? A tardigrade is an animal, check this, that can live in absolute zero temperature. And the tardigrade can also live in boiling water. That doesn't make sense. Like right now, your head's just perked up and you said, Troy, that doesn't make sense. And I would say, that's why I gave it to you as an illustration, Like it doesn't make sense. It's mind-boggling. We can't fully understand that. And that's what God said. You will know the one that I sent because he will be wonderful. He'll blow your mind. And Jesus absolutely fits that. And that mystery is what keeps drawing us back to him. It's what keeps drawing every human group, every tribe in history to this understanding of this being that's beyond It's just something different. And that's who God is. And he not only is full of wonder by nature, mind-boggling, but he he displayed it, didn't he? He displayed how wonderful he really is. Let's look at some of these things. He was born of a virgin. All virgin-born children, raise your hand in the room. Okay, good. (laughs) None of us are disillusioned. Even in his birth, right? God said, listen, you'll know him because he's wonderful. He's mind-blowing right off the bat. He's born a virgin. And we go, whoa. Not only that, but as a little boy, he begins to blow the minds of the wisest teachers alive. You remember the story? Jesus stays behind. His parents are like, come follow me. Jesus stays behind. And he's teaching with the Pharisees and the scribes and and explaining to them the scriptures that they've studied all their life in a way that they can't grasp. He's full of wonder. He knows these things. goes on to then grow up and to take dirt. Guy's blind and Jesus says, hey, I can fix that. Scoops up some dirt. And then what does he do? It's pretty gross. Say it out loud. Spits in it. I don't know if Jesus did the thing. (laughs) He spits in it. He mixes it together. And at this point, everybody around is going, this doesn't make sense. He grabs it, wipes it on the dude's eyes, wipes it off. All of a sudden, the guy can see, boom, and everybody around goes, that is full of wonder. It's wonderful. And then shortly time thereafter, he begins touching people who are leprous and healing people who have never walked in their life. And then all of a sudden, Jesus bebops out on the water and he can float. (laughs) He's walking on water. He's full of wonder. Then after that, he stands on a mountain. God himself, Moses, and Elijah comes and hangs out with him. I think, I dare say, if Moses and Elijah popped up on this stage and was like, Hey, I'm going to hang out with y'all, y'all would go, Whoa, (laughs) whoa. That's full of wonder. And he fulfills this. 
His name is wonderful, not just because of these things, but if you need another reason for Him to be wonderful, what is more wonderful than rising from the dead? Full of wonder. Have you ever thought about a wonderful counselor in these terms? The God that we worship this Christmas season is wonderful. But not only is He wonderful, He is counselor. He's the wonderful counselor, which is great news for those who do need guidance and wisdom in a world that just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense. If you go to a counselor today, a therapist, your first few sessions are kind of get to be the get-to-know-you sessions. Um, And in that get-to-know-you, it's going to be, okay... Do I identify with this counselor in such a way that I'll be able to express the full truth? And the counselor, if he or she is ethical, is listening to judge, okay, am I able to speak into this person's situation in life in a way that will be helpful? Or should I just be honest and go, hey, I can't handle this. You need to head on to you know, somebody else who's more qualified than I am. Well, here's the deal with Jesus, who is the wonderful counselor. He's not like our modern counselors at all. He doesn't have to have a sit-down, get-to-know-you session. And the reason he doesn't have to have that session to get-to-know-you is because, as John says, he already knows what is in the heart of every human being ever alive. So God hangs an ornament. He says, listen, there's going to be one coming, and this is going to be a reason to celebrate. And the reason to celebrate is because he's going to be dink, dink, full of wonder. But not only is he just be full of wonder, he's going to be a wonderful counselor. He's going to know you. He's going to know you personally. He's going to know your yuck. He's going to know your grime. He's going to know your dirt. He's going to know where you hurt. And he's going to know all that and still want to be with you. See, it's one thing to know each other's dirt and grime. It's a whole other thing to know where each other struggles and to still be willing to sit down and hold one another's hands. That's what's beautiful. When you can sit down with someone that you know is gross and admit the grossness and still love one another well, that is wonderful counsel. And that's who Jesus promises to be. And not only does He promise to be that, He proved to be that Dear friend, this Christmas season, whatever life has your way, I can assure you this, Jesus already knows what you're going through and already knows what actions you should take because He is the wonderful Counselor. And so He's the sent one who's not like us at all in the fact that He already knows what's in the heart of each person, but... Not only just knowing what's in your heart, He created every cell of your heart. And He doesn't make any mistakes. Well, Troy, where do you get that from? I I thought, Troy, we're about to go to Genesis, and don't you know that God created the heavens and the earth? I do, I get that. We're there, I'm I'm there with you. But for those of you who've studied John chapter 1... God the Father was absolutely the one who birthed creation. But John 1 says that Jesus the Son was the agent of that creation. 
God spoke it into being, but the Son put together every atom, put together every cell. So not only does He intimately know your heart, but He created you as He wanted to create you. What better person to counsel than the one that created every fiber of your being? We look in the mirror and we go, I don't think we, I don't, I don't know if we do that. <laughs> maybe, maybe you do, maybe you don't. But we look in the mirror and we go, here are all the things that I do not like about me. And as a wonderful counselor, Jesus is the one who looks on the other side of the mirror and goes, but I created you perfectly as I wanted you, fearfully and wonderfully made in your mother's womb. Just how I saw fit. What better counselor is that one? There is none. There's no better counselor than that one. The wonderful counselor. And he's willing to remind you, if you'll let him this Christmas season, that you can reach someone that no one else can reach in a way that nobody else can reach them because you were fearfully and wonderfully made as a treasured apple of his eye. He's the wonderful counselor. Who else is going to proclaim that to you? Oprah can look at you and go, hey, you can do some good things, but the Father can look at you and go, I know better than Oprah because I made you. He's the wonderful counselor. And so why does this give us hope as we wrap it up? As the wonderful counselor, number one, this message in Isaiah chapter um, 9 says this, He'll be the wonderful counselor, the prince of peace, the mighty God, all of this stuff. That was proclaimed in the midst of incredible chaos. Do you want to know what chaos that was proclaimed in? The same chaos that happened in the book of Habakkuk. Which we just studied together. The chaos that we just studied for seven weeks, the Assyrians coming in, conquering Israel, doing all the things, that's the very moment that the Father says, hey, I know chaos is going on, but let me hang a couple of ornaments. One is coming who's going to be wonderful, and he's going to be a counselor. This gives us great hope. That it doesn't matter what chaos you're in, it doesn't matter what chaos Habakkuk was in, just like God knew what Habakkuk needed, he knows what you need Catch this, in December of 2021. That's how awesome he is. So this reminds us of this. He hasn't forgotten us, just like he hadn't forgotten them. Another reason this is awesome to us, number two, is the one who matches the description of the tree, ornaments that are hung, we can rest assured, is God himself. That gives us great hope. Isaiah 28, 29 said that God the Father, the one who identifies as God the Father, is the one who is wonderful in counsel. And Jesus fulfills that. So I say all that to say this. This Christmas season, you don't just worship baby Jesus in a manger. You worship the God who spun the world into existence. And that should 
overflow you, especially as you take your nativity scene and put it out on your piano or your desk or whatever it is at your house. It should change the way you look at it. Now listen, I want to go throw this in. I try to do it often, as often as possible, at least once a year. When you're putting that together, your nativity scene, just make sure that the wise men are about two years away because they're going to need time to travel. Some of you are like, what are you talking about? Just make sure the wise men are a long way. They got, they got a little time to come to Jesus. But baby Jesus isn't the one that um, was mocked in the, what's the movie with uh, Will Ferrell and Pray to baby Jesus. So come on. That thing of nuts. This Christmas you worship the God of the universe. Number three, we can be sure he's willing to listen and advise us as the wonderful counselor. Why? Because he tells us, hey, this is me and you can come and you can pray to me. Matthew 11 says it this way, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest this Christmas season. You don't have to have your proverbial stuff together to come to Him. You can come just as you are in the midst of your nuttiness and rest assured that He will be wonderful for you and a counselor. And then number four, last thing. God does all of this to display His love for His people. He hung the ornaments. You can know He's the one if He matches the one who is wonderful and counselor and mighty God and Prince of Peace and Everlasting Father and a hundred more names. You can know this, but He does this to display His love for His people. Isaiah chapter 9, 6 says this, the zeal of the Lord will make sure that this is pulled off. In other words, Christ didn't come on Christmas because we're lovable. Christ didn't come on Christmas because we deserve for Him to come. Christ didn't come on Christmas because we packaged Him a nice... <laughs> he didn't come because we were going to bring trees in the, in the living room and throw lots on them like mad people, right? He didn't come because of all of these things. He didn't come because He was bored. He didn't come because he didn't have anything to do. He set this whole thing in motion to display the fact that nothing will stop him from having a relationship with the people that he chooses to have a relationship with. The zeal of the Lord will ensure that you find out that he is a wonderful counselor. Not because we're worthy, but because he is incredibly gracious. And so he relentlessly worked to display his glory. He relentlessly worked to fulfill all of the law. He relentlessly worked to drink the full cup of the wrath of God. And it all started in the most humble act imaginable. That the wonderful counselor would compress himself into the size of a human embryo. That the God of creation would become packaged as part of that created thing. 
And then the wonderful counselor would come and live and die and rise again and ascend to the right hand of the Father. And that's not the best news. The best news is that the wonderful counselor will come a second time to show his that for all eternity they can be mesmerized by how wonderful he truly is. I know that's a lot. Especially with two words. (laughs) Wonderful counselor. But man, I pray this Christmas season we will dive far deeper into the depths of who God is than what the Black Friday sales tell us Christmas is all about. As the band comes on back up, let's pray together. Well, God, as we contemplate the word wonderful counselor, I pray that in this room, I pray for our church. I just pray that 2021 will be different than every other Christmas. God, I don't... I don't want us to demonize gifts and demonize hanging out with family. And I mean, all those, that's great. And I certainly want to de- don't want to demonize lights on the house and weird inflatables in the yard. And God, I, that's, but oh, could 2021 be different, Lord, for our people, please? God, if, if we can't package all hundred names, just maybe that wonderful counselor will ring true to someone in a whole new way all Christmas long. That you won't let them go to bed at night and lay down their head on the pillow without thinking the fact that you are wonderful, full of wonder, and that you are counselor, that you know all and you still love? Whoa! God, that we'll see that there's no other being, there's no other person who has ever fulfilled that perfectly, but you did. And we're thankful. We're thankful, Father, that you told us he was coming so that we could look and we could see and we could know that that's the one we can place our faith in. So, Father, please, I'm begging you, Please let 2021 be different. If but for one month to see Christmas as Tyler explained earlier. The fact that because we couldn't come to you, you wonderfully came down to us as our wonderful counselor. 